With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is A View From The Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 5th of April, 2022. It's 9.01pm and we are live on YouTube, Facebook and on Twitter. You can also download us, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM and a load more of your normal podcast providers on this week's show. A weekend of tension is first place, second in the titles on the line. The league leaders against the team that embraced the Orange with a bad defeat on Sunday. But we're not here to talk about what happened at Ibrox. No, we're here to talk about hockey. Let's look quickly back at the... I had to put that one. Let's see it anyway. See it anyway. Listen, you boys give it out enough. I'm, t- I'm taking it back. Let's look quickly back at the victories of the clan and the Flames. Uh, 19 was retired on Friday and... Uh, <laughs> number that number's owner will join us a little under half an hour. Oh, he's back. <laughs> uh, the fan agenda is with JJ Pickenich, and we'll take your questions live. We'll also give you the nominees for uh, the player of the month for March. And uh, and Aaron Murphy has joined us to give us a lowdown on what to expect from Premier Sports in the final weeks of this season. If you're watching us live on Facebook or on YouTube, please send us your thoughts, comments, tell us where you're watching from, send us your questions. We'll share as many as we can on screen and uh, maybe get involved in some of the discussion. Mr. Mid-Jimsey, how are you? Good evening. Not too bad, Paddy. Um, uh, it's getting to, towards uh, the exciting end of the season here now, and we're we're right in the hunt, so we're to go, mate. Mm, and, and Mr. Kitchen, how's your voice? It's a wee bit better at the moment, mate. I, um, I was struggling with something. Two lockets? I, well, I tried everything, like honey and, um, yeah, all sorts of bits and pieces, but... I was so dead, dead genuinely. It was the hardest one I got done. If I had had anybody to, I was hoping Davey was going to be home at the weekend, um, but he All was right. busy having to do a bit of work for a change. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, unfortunately, I had to get it all done. But anyway, it was a good enough. Um, we got through it. It wasn't a good enough game, but we got through it. I, I enjoyed having uh, hearing um, Gareth Martin on with you. I thought that was really good. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to just get out like, some of the old guys to get them back in and involved in the club and trying to do mm-hmm. more. So. Um, you know, it's uh, Marty's never done it before. And I was speaking to him a few weeks ago, he was at the game and, and he said, Yeah, I'd, I'd love to try it. And then when he seen Graham Walton doing it, um, he wanted, <laughs> he he wanted to get involved. Coach. I think the only one we need to try and get hold of now is Mark Morrison. But um, with him coaching the, the junior giants, it's difficult to try and get hold of him. So hopefully, the start of next season, maybe we'll organize something on more. Yep, I uh, thought Gas Mark was really good value. And hopefully, we'll maybe get him on the podcast in coming weeks. Yeah. Um, right, let's get stuck in. Boys, we'll start with that game that took place against the Glasgow clan the second time we played them in the weekend. It was a 5-1 win for your Belfast Giants. Scott Conway with the first two goals, first one on the power play. Mark Cooper with the goals three and four, his first one on the power play. And Lewis Hook with the fifth with regards to the Glasgow clan. It was uh, Braylon Schmeer from uh, from Seoul. We got their only marker. Tyler Bresker Oani in goals for Belfast Giants, 22 shots against one goal against. Shane Stark, 36 shots against, five goals against, and your refs were Stefan Hogarth and Andrew Dalton. Um, Davey, uh, I was 
sitting trying to think of you know comments and you know there's usual sort of thing I put on the agenda of sort of talking points and the only thing I could write down was straightforward dominant win. It was a little bit of a carry on from the game. Was it Tuesday or the Wednesday? Tuesday night, of course, because we did the podcast straight after. It was a bit of a carryover. The same kind of performance. We got out early and got that early goal on the power play again from a little bit of um, you know ill discipline from them again. And uh, oh dear, is it choppy for you too? That's a little bit choppy, but well, uh, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully, it'll, hopefully, it'll come on. Um, you know, we got that good goal early on the power play, and, and we never really looked back. Three goals up, I think, after what 20, 22 minutes, something like that. And as you say, pretty comprehensive performance. It's it's sometimes difficult, yeah, to find things to talk about in performances like that. But um, I thought the, the big positive was coming out early. Uh, we talk about I, I don't like doing the you know, the, the preview, what are we going to do? But it's it's that first period. It's always crucial in these games. And if you can get up and you can break a team and you can break a bit of their spirit, which they don't look to be me to be a team that has an awful lot of spirit. They've, they've came in late to the season. It's it's, it's almost, we, we're looking just to get in that bottom half of the table and get into the playoffs and take our chances and down the stretch. But they've got the position now where they're losing games heavily at times. They're indisciplined and, and that's they just came up against the Giants team that were a wee bit hot at the minute. It wasn't what Joel had said a while ago, don't let them get hot. And they got hot through the month of March. And, and that was another comfortable enough two points, you would say. Uh, we thought, Simon, that there might be a bit of a kickback from the clan, given that the way the game went. And we heard what Melton Cameron had to say after the game over in Glasgow. But we were just too strong for them. To be honest, they looked like a team that's sort of given up. Um, hmm. You know, where they... They were, it wasn't really any competition. I mean, we got a couple of good goals, as Davey said early on. There was a period of play in the first period, probably the guts of five, six minutes, um, that we got three or four line changes on. They didn't get a change. They managed to ice the puck twice. They could not get the puck. We just kept, kept on skating rings around them in their own zone. Yep. As I say, they iced the puck a couple of times just to try and, you know, get the pressure off them. Like they just couldn't handle it, and and we we sort of looked like it was a training session for them. And and the boys they played really really well. I thought they came out. Um, as Davey touched on, we wanted a really good start after Tuesday night, but those two games against the clan, both home and away, I'm sure the clan fans will be really disappointed. I don't want to say it from our point of view, you know, because <laughs> we sort of embarrassed. Yeah, I think we sort of embarrassed them twice and in the space of a few nights. And and as a professional hockey player, you want to go out there and do your best. Of course you do. Um, but I, I think there's a few of the guys there that have sort of looking here, do you know what? Where's the golf sticks? Um, we're just looking forward to the end of the season. And they're in a, they're in a position at the minute where they're still in the playoffs. Um, but they can still get put out, you know. They've Manchester say that is a case of yeah. can they can they afford to be like that because considering how tight things are in the battle. For the well, I was looking at the, the schedule. Sorry, David. I was looking at the standings before we come on, and you know, Manchester are four points short of Guildford, uh, but they've got to play them twice. Glasgow are a point further ahead. Dundee are the same points as Glasgow with a game in hand. Um, Coventry are pushing up. I think Coventry might finish fourth because Nottingham are yeah. struggling at the minute as well. Um, but you know, we we look at ourselves. We've just got to concentrate on their own games. Um, but when you're looking at the potential playoff partners go down into a you know a, a home and away fixture, who would you want to play? Yeah, I, I would take Glasgow or I would take Guildford. And 
out of out of Guildford, Glasgow, or Manchester. To be honest, because we always find it really difficult to play in Manchester. So, for me, I, I thought that the the clan really struggled. They just couldn't get any fluidity at all. Their passing was wasn't on the tape. They just really struggled, and and I think that's down to us. I think that's we stopped them playing. Mm-hmm. We just didn't let them get any momentum at all. Yes, they got the goal, um, which you know we, we probably could have stopped. We we could have done a wee bit better for. It. Uh, if you're being, you know, really critical, but there's not many things that went wrong for us on Friday night and the previous Tuesday. So, uh, you know, great to get the two points on the board. Uh, great to get another five goals. Um, you know, Coops is, is took a couple of goals. Conway had a couple of goals. Uh, I thought we played really, really well. I think with the well, the Glasgow can uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Are Kyan either one or two additional imports? Two. Uh, two additional imports, and it's a lie Mott and Cameron. And you think that would be putting a bit of a fire on their players, but if players have checked out, they've checked out, and you know the, the threat of, right, you're not, if you don't play, you're not going to be playing. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, I was looking at the stats before the game on Friday night. Obviously, you're saying all your stats is regarding the chance, Davey. And, and, and I know what I said every week, but you, you're, it's just imperative and, and how important that is to us because – Although, it's not, again, I'm not everybody's test on Jan's TV, but the information that you supply, it makes my job a hell of a lot easier. So thank you very much. Um, but with regards to Glasgow, I was looking at some of the players who have, who have struggled this season. Dyson Stevenson, their captain, scored in the first two goals of the se- first two games of the season. Um, he scored against us, and I think it was Nottingham was their second game. Yeah, Hasn't scored since. Wow. That's, thir- that's 34 games. Ian, sorry, Jamie Crooks, 24 goals for Guildford the year before. Um, he scored one goal this season. And it was in the first, I can't remember, he was either the first or the second game of the season. Hasn't scored since. Colin Campbell, centre man in the second line. I think it's about 18 games since he got a goal. Um, you know, so when you're not getting goals from guys that you're hoping to get goals from, and you've got two guys in and out of the lineup, you know, <laughs> I actually like Malcolm Cameron, you know, because, you know, he sort of comes out and says exactly what he's thinking. I like that type of coaching. Yeah. You know, Adam does exactly the same thing. But again, I just think there's some of the boys on that squad who have sort of switched off. And that, that, that you know what, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm taking it the wrong way. Um, but that's what it looked like uh, from those two games. He, Malcolm Cameron did say as well that he talked. Uh, he, it initially sounded like he was making excuses. I see that Adam McKenzie's making a similar point. And so it sounded like he was making excuses to the number of the games they were having to play in a short period of time. But he did also, Davey, say, you know, they knew that when they came in, they started five, six weeks later. Um, I don't think at this stage that it can be. It, it can be a reason. It can't be an excuse. They knew what they were going to do before the start of the season. They knew what they were setting up. They knew they were starting a month late. They didn't have to play. We played 12 games in the Challenge Cup that they haven't played. Granted, we played a good lot of them over that first month when they weren't playing. But if you take it from from they've came in, we've played a similar amount of games. I'm sure we played a very similar amount of games in the month of March alone. Um, so no real excuse. We we've we've been short bodies virtually the whole season. We're we're even over the last couple of games there. We played against the clan short with Gary being out injured, and and, and again. Um, with uh, against the Flames, so you know we we're playing short. They're playing full bounce and carrying a couple of guys that they can rotate when there's injuries or, or when players aren't just really feeling their form. So 
yes, they've had a lot of games to play, and they played a month. You know, they came in a month late, but over the course of the season, I don't think it can really, you know, factor into where they are at the minute. They they're letting their coach down at times. I've seen Chris Lovell saying there about riding goaltenders, you know, and uh, Start has faced an awful lot of rubber in the last couple of weeks. To be fair to him, and you know, when you don't have that. A backup like a Jackson Whistler. I'm trying to think of other ones that can come in. Even Will Carlin, who's came in at the at the Nottingham Panthers, or Stojanovic at, at Sheffield. You know, they can different goaltenders that can come in and just take a wee bit of the weight. Guildford carry two, aye, because the, the guy playing on Sunday was Liam Hughes. Uh, up Liam Hughes is their backup. He's came in as a, as a sort of one mm-hmm. B, if you like. And I know um, Lindis Cogs played the, the vast majority of the games. You know, he can be relied on that big lad. But you know, I think it, it is. Is he protecting his players there a, a little bit and coming out with that that kind of statement? Probably. I, th- Probably. I think that too many games at this stage of the season, everybody's playing too many games. Yeah, I agree. I just, I just looked at their their uh, their start. And the first six games were 500. Three and three yeah. in the first six games. Yeah. They played us in the first game of the season. We beat them 3-2. I'm a decent eye, actually. When I, when I seen mm-hmm. them for the first time, not... I mean, I, could hold, I think they only played one warm-up game against Solway. I thought they actually did pretty well in that game. I remember it well, and um, I thought they came out and, and pushed us really hard. And and um, you know, but using this excuse that guys aren't ready, they've done an extra four weeks rest before they come in. Guys, the big thing about it is, Davey and Paddy, sorry, you know, guys that are coming in to play professional league should be practicing three, four, five times a week for yep. the five or six weeks beforehand. Anyway, if they're not doing that, that's their fault. So you know, they're, when they're coming in, they should be ready to go in a training camp. Trying to get as much skating in over a couple of weeks period at all, and, and you know leading up to the first game, and you know that's what they've done. That's up to them. I'm not having to go at them with regards to missing out for three games off the, or sorry, missing out games in the Challenge Cup. But you 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 basically fight what's in front of you. And what's, the, what's the standings? What's the stance? How many games have they played, Paddy? Forty-nine. Uh, yep. Yeah, no, let's bring it up. They've played forty-nine. 45 we have played 49, and we have played 50 plus 12. So we've played 60. We've played 62. So we've played 62 in an extra four weeks. So you know who, who's, you know, they're, they're, the excuse that they've, they've had a lot of games jammed in is just not. Just doesn't yeah. carry any water. Let's move on, gents. The um, we'll highlights on that from Giants TV, and we'll move on to uh, the game that took place on Sunday. Uh, well, eventually took place on Sunday. What a day Sunday was. Uh, the game was due to face off at uh, 4 p.m., but due to logistics, equipment not arriving, it faced off at a quarter past six. The uh, Guildford Flames were in town, and they were beat 5 nothing. Slater Doggett, Mark Cooper with a hat-trick. Uh, one in the power play, one even-handed, one short-handed, and JJ Pickenich as well. And that's your five with regards to the stats. Uh, Tyler Beskarowani in goal, 20 shots against, and it was a shutout. Liam Hughes on the other side, 43 shots against, five goals against. Only one referee, Andy Dalton, as Matt Thompson had to uh, had to fly home due to the late face-off. Uh, Simon, delays, delays. Um, there was, I assume, you know, great credit to uh, to Taff and uh, and uh, the guys in the ops. You know, there was a uh, quite a bit of a scramble to get this game going. Yeah. So, uh, without going into massive, massive detail, the the team arrived on their flight on time. Uh, there were, I think, there was only five or six bags that arrived with them. I'm. I know Taff is Taff sitting in my living room tonight watching my, the Champions League because I forgot all about the podcast tonight. 
so I'm here anyway. <laughs> but um, we were going to sit and watch the Liverpool match. But the um, so the, the kits are the five or six kits arrived with the gear or with the players at whatever time they come in at. Um, we got I got the arena at about quarter to two, and we were told that there could be a delay in face off. There's an hour flight due in. We're waiting. There's hoping we're going to be bags on. The next flight arrived then at 2.35. There was a message put out saying that the game would be delayed to a minimum of 5 o'clock. Um, Coms did their best to get it out there. The, you know, it was in situations like this, and yes, you know, it was a lovely day in Belfast, and that definitely helped. If it had been a normal, gloomy, you know, rainy day, then it would have been a real issue, but it was a great day in Belfast. And well, it was magic, and, and people who had arrived at the arena still at the, the three o'clock for George, which, you know, it's been pushed back till four. Um, you know, the, it was one of those ones where you just have to play it by ear. But the guys on the on the ops team, they, they were back and forth with Steve, who was in Germany. You've got um, Mike Hicks on the phone. You've got BA, City Airport. Obviously, Guilford were back down at the airport. The Guilford players went to the hotel. Our players had been sent home. And then they arrived back in at three o'clock with a face-off starting at five. So the whole thing, the whole day, there was a lot of issues with. There was never going to be, the, the, you know, the best scenario coming out of it, uh, because of everything. You know, you take all those weak points into consideration. But David Lamont, Adrian Doyle, James uh, Glover, all those guys, and Stephen all on the phone, they just basically kept on communicating and get the right decision. And see, to be very, very honest, the game was cancelled. We were we were told it was cancelled. And then James had left the office to go and tell Adam that it was being cancelled. And between him leaving the office and walking around to telling Adam, he got a phone call from Steve going, the bags are here. There's seven more bags arrived. They got the basically ended up getting 14 players' bags. 14 players played. They didn't have any sticks. Taft left the arena to go to McDonald, where we've some old sticks. Not We're all sponsored by Warrior now. So we had to, we had to use the Warrior sticks. And, and there were some other sticks left up at the arena. At McDonald, sorry. So tough, they have to go and get the sticks. The goalie arrived. He didn't have his own blocker. Didn't have his own glove. The Guilford Flames wanted to play. And that takes massive plaudits because they didn't have their own sticks. And, you know, it can be really difficult playing with a different stick that you're not used to. It really genuinely yeah. can. So massive plaudits to Guilford. Huge plaudits to the SSE Arena staff and the ops team because they made the right decision. They gave as much time as possible. Yes, there was a few fans complaining. They're always going to get that. You were never going to get out of it with, um, you know, nobody complaining about it. But the game got going. Yes, it was a couple of hours late, but you got hockey on the night, and it was that was the most important thing. So massively <clears throat> involved with regards to getting the thing up and running because it was not an easy decision to just keep on holding off and holding off. But it was out of our hands. We had to wait to see how far we'd come with regards to BA or Lingus. There's the next flight in because, you know, there's two flights coming from Heathrow, two companies coming from Heathrow. It was a nightmare at one point, literally just trying to get phone calls upon phone calls and messages coming in. But they got there. And we got there in the end. We, we got the game. And then, and then ultimately, Davey, the game itself wasn't really much to write home about. It was a bit of a, a one-way affair. I think I think Guilford put a good effort in at the in, in the first period, but after that, the Giants just took control. Yeah, I think yeah. the new... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go, no, you knock yourself out. Go ahead. No, it's just because he asked me the question. <laughs> Sorry, um, I did say yeah, it. David, it's okay. Yeah, um, it, it, it was it was one of those. It was always going to be difficult to see what was going to happen. We were going to have to try and get it huge early, and 
this nice goal that you see, I don't know whether it's going to play out. Slater Doggett going around the back after a bit of confusion in front. And Darcy Murphy goes back in front, does the Mark Cooper job, takes the eyes of the goalie and, and will come up with a goal. And Sam, I'll tell you, even with his croaky voice at that stage, once the dam was broken there, that game was kind of over. And I, I credit to Guildford in the first period there, they put a little bit of pressure on us at the time. Tyler Beskorani came up with a couple of great saves during the game. But... Um, once we got two, three in that second period, it was it was really game over. And we were able to take our foot off the gas a little bit in the third. But I think we wanted to keep going and trying to get Coops that uh, that third that he, he so wanted. He's, he's deserved it for all his hard work there. But it was, it was, as Simon said, a really difficult day that so many people put so much in to get a game. Nobody wanted to try and reschedule this game in the next two weeks because that's when it was going to have to be played. And, you know, no one would have wanted them to be flying back over to Belfast and... It just it beggars belief that fourteen hockey bags can go missing between checking and on an airplane. Nobody noticed them all sitting in a big pile somewhere. And go, should they not be somewhere else? But I suppose when you're dealing with airports the size of Heathrow, things like that can happen very easily. I'm sure there's more than that lost in a on a daily basis in Heathrow. But as far as the you know, Sam will come on and give his toppings worth in the game. Two points is the big positive I lack game. It wasn't much of a game of hockey, and I'm sure the boys were relieved just to get that out and get back in their own beds at the end of the night. Simon? Uh, just I want to reach back. Taff had just come in there with some breaking news. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Malcolm Cameron's got another contract for next year. Yes, I've got that. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, That's sorry. very good. I, I think that just uh, if I can comment as well, a little bit of continuity for the clan is, well, has that... to be welcome because they've, they've spun that revolving door so many times. I've got that in the news, boys. What do you think I'm just... Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, that's right. It's not as if it's live. Breaking news. Jason half hour he bangs at the word of breaking news. Breaking news three hours ago, obviously. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so what game's this? Guildford? Sorry. Guildford. Guildford, uh, yeah, What did you think? Uh, in that first goal sort of it did break the back off from Davy to be honest and yeah. and you know you'd, you'd Spencer Trapp the defenseman playing forward you'd, they were missing Waters they were missing McNulty two of their top point scorers um, you know their gear didn't arrive um, I think they were missing wee Mac Hollowell as well so you know there, there was a few guys who not who didn't get a chance to play they were short benched um, I just I, I thought they put up a valiant effort I really did but it goes back to what Davey said a few minutes ago in the, in, uh, when we were analysing the first game. We're playing well at the minute. It's going to take a good team to beat us. Um, and we're playing really, really solid. So great great to get the two points. That's the most important thing about um, that game on Sunday. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's that's there's not much more you one, add on. One more, th- one more thing I want to add. Just sorry, David. One more thing I want to add because we've got somebody waiting in the wings just to join us. Um is that it was lovely to see Blakey back at the uh, at the SSC arena. What was really nice, especially watching the webcast, was when you heard it was announced in the arena. I think we were um, there was a face off just to the to the left of um, Tyler Beskarani's goal, and the the camera was focusing on on the face off, and you heard the announcement being being made, and you saw everybody in the circle and Beskarani stick taps. Everybody is aware. Everybody was, you know, giving it all for we Blakey back in the SSE arena. Great to have him back after what two years now? Two years. Two years. Great to have him back in the arena. He's, Welcome back. He's looking back. so well, Paddy. He's looking Good. he's got he's got so much bigger. Um uh, you know I, I was gonna say I'd hardly recognize him but that's a spoof. Um you know when he came <laughs> in came in the only person that knew he was coming was Laura Small. She didn't tell anybody else. That's nice. Nobody else. So he arrived at the back door. I'm standing with half at the the entrance to the um, just in towards the tunnel, and 
Laura opens the door and then comes a wheelchair and you're sitting going, I mean, we're all in shock, genuine all in shock. So fantastic to have him back. Great. This, you know, it's everybody's missed him so much. They all boys, all the new boys have never seen him before. You know, all the guys yeah. that come in this year have never met him before. And then you've got the likes of Longer and Hookie, you know, Goody, Darcy Murphy. You've got all those boys who have met him before. So it was absolutely brilliant um, to have him back in the arena and, and long, long, long overdue. And Christine, because Christine's been been over there with him for seven or seven and a half months as well. So brilliant to have him back in the arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, highlights in that game, of course, from Belfast Giants TV. Get that on YouTube. And we move on. We're actually going to take a step back to the game that took place before and just before the game against the Glasgow clan. Um well, it was the retirement of the number 19 shirt. And who else are we going to have on? But the owner of that now retired number 19 shirts, the all-time top point and goal scorer for your Belfast Giants, Mr. Colin Shields. How are you doing? Yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome. Um, congratulations. Well, how was uh, how was Friday night for you? Yeah, it was really good. Um, kind of didn't really know what to expect. It's not something you prepare prepare for or really know going in but um it was a great reception uh by everybody and uh managed to get a lot of family and friends there so that was nice too and uh yeah it seems i've managed to get through the speech without too many fumbles so uh it was a good night uh fun by everybody before we get stuck in properly and have a conversation um there was a video prepared and of course your name is now the seventh your number is now the seventh number to go up onto the bridge as retirement. So um, Davy sent this over. Here's a few words from the others. Congratulations, Collins, to a well-deserved honour. Having your number raised to the rafters in a building where you brought so much excitement and pride to your teammates, your friends, your family, the city of Belfast, and the fans. Congratulations. All the best in the future. Proud to call you a friend and a giant. Once a giant, always a giant. 
Good luck in the future, Paxton. Congratulations on having your jersey retired in Belfast. It's a great honour and no one is more deserving than you. You've done so much for that community on and off the ice over the years and you continue to contribute to that community today. Um, Belfast is very lucky to have you and we're all super proud of you and what you've accomplished. Um, it always reminds me of the first time I played with you. It was back in 2004 in the World Championships in Norway. It's the first time I really got a chance to be on the ice with you. You were like 11 years old. I was 45, something like that. Near death, by the way. And uh, you were amazing. And I got a chance to see the future of British ice hockey. So you've done an amazing job. And you've brought ice hockey in, in Northern Ireland to a new level that has never been achieved before. And everybody is super proud of you. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you so much for being you. Uh, we're excited to see your jersey in the rafters. Um, all the best to you and all the best to everyone in Belfast. I miss everybody. Take care. Hey, Shieldsy, congratulations on getting your number 19 jersey retired. It's about time. Uh, everything you've done for the Belfast Giants organization is absolutely tremendous. You've lifted trophies, you've captured them to titles. You should be really proud of the career you've had. And, uh, you know, it's a big deal to get your jersey retired by such a, a great organization. Um, welcome to the club. Congratulations, Sheds, on uh, a great career with the Giants. Uh, it's great to see that your number is retired with the rest of, uh, the, rest of the boys. Uh, looking forward to seeing it getting raised into the rafters. Congratulations, Colin. I know how much hard work you've put in over the years and how much the Belfast Giants means to you and how much you mean to the Belfast Giants fans. Have a great time tonight and welcome to the club. Sheds, just want to send you a short message to say congratulations, bud. Uh, what an honour it is to have your shirt retired by the Belfast Giants. It's thoroughly deserved for the years of your service. Um, you've been a great captain, great teammate, but most of all a great friend over the years. I hope you and your family have a, a brilliant night and uh, you really enjoy it. So once again, mate, congratulations. Um, I'll see you there. For many, a Jersey retirement is regarded as the greatest honour an organisation can bestow on a player. And from this day onwards, no other player will wear the number 19 jersey for the Belfast Giants. Turn your attention to the bridge. Uh, of course, last but not least, I think something that is hard to describe too, the, what makes playing in Belfast special, it's about the fans and the community. I mean, without the support here, I saw a quote that uh, an ex-general manager said about the, the fans here and how special it is and what the, the team means to the community. And that's what makes playing here so special is the, the, the commitment and the passion for the fans. And whether it's a, a kid whose first game, first Giants game, or whether it's you know, diehard fans up in the corner there who are great support to me in BC, or it's um, season ticket holders, whoever it is, that's what it makes important to be a Giant. And um, it's special for the fans, you know, watching the on-ice project or watching the players, but it's also special to us players. And um, for that, I'll ever be thank you. So thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear one more time for your number 19. Well, yes, goosebumps there watching some of that. Uh, must, <laughs> must, must give you really some, some great memories there. Yeah, apart from watching myself, thanks for putting that part back in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, 
Yeah, that was the worst part. I'm the speaking for him. No, it was an honor to be able to speak in front of everybody, and I was glad I just managed to not mess it up too much. But it's hard to, you know, the guys are waiting there for the game, and you don't want to be rambling on a bunch of nonsense just about yourself or the, your career. And so I appreciate the players waiting and, and everyone, you know, getting there early to watch that. And, uh, you know, that was a massive honor, and, and it was a nice presentation before. But, yeah, those videos were great from the other guys. All those guys are, you know, well-deserved to have their numbers retired also. And good friends with a lot of those guys. And um, Wardy was talking there, but, you know, met him on a number of occasions. And, and Paxson the same. But um, but definitely a unique club and something I'm very proud of. Is it me? Sorry. Yeah, you. I'll go down. Um, no, you're right about the, when you were started talking. The boys need our 20-minute warm-up. Nobody else seen that at home after that. But the... Um, you know, one thing that that really that I took from it when I went in the, at the end of the second period to to see you, um, and everybody was there. You know, all the boys that you played with. You know, Mark Marsh and Jason Bowen, um, you know, McArthur, obviously Graham Walton, uh, Toy. Everybody was there. It was great to see him as well. And and you know, keeping up with some of the boys that you played with, um, and obviously watching the boys get a um, a five one victory over Glasgow. It's uh, always a bonus as well. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was really nice to guys, as you say, the guys that played with that live here were able to come to the game and share that with them. And some of those guys that played with for a long time, you know, Murph and, and Bozy was, you know, maybe only the one year, but really good friends with those guys and, and kept in close contact over the years. And um, we were just talking, you know, we should try and do more for the guys that live here and try and create a little bit more of an alumni or something with events, you know, to get the guys that, you know, not only the guys that live here, but the guys from uh, in the UK or for, from other places to try and create a little bit more of, you know, continuity or sort of a commit, you know, community between the, the ex-players. One of the things is like, obviously you had that video there done by, um, by Neil Whiteside and, uh, and some fantastic, you know, some fantastic goals and great, great memories. The one that really stuck out for me and what I always enjoy seeing, it's that pass from Ben O'Connor. <laughs> It's the, it's it's the pass from Ben O'Connor. Do you, have you ever mentioned it to him? Um, it, it's funny, like it never really came up. I think we, like, we played a couple of world championships after that. I don't think it ever came up. I mean, after he just said, like, "Oh, you're welcome for that freebie or something in the handshake." Um, but it was funny because a couple of goals after that, when I shelved one against Sheffield, and it was Wiss that was in net. <laughs> so I just looked over at Wiss. He just like shook his head in the line when he's standing there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that goal with Ben always seems to come up, but uh, yeah, I don't have too much. And just quickly for me as well, is that obviously, you know, you know you, you're tired now, you've got your golf career, you get your business going, but you're obviously, you know, looking at the Belfast Giants as they are now, on the cusp of a battle with the Sheffield Steelers, uh, when it comes into a big week, and it's a big weekend for the Belfast Giants this weekend against the Steelers, if you were in this team, how are you preparing for this game? What's your mentality? Yeah, I mean, all the games are massive, I think, especially when you're playing a 54-game regular season for a title. Uh, but once it gets down to the crunch, you're just trying to, you know, try to take care of your body as much as possible. Stick to the same routine you would normally do um, as far as practicing games. And, and I'm sure the practices will be intense, but they won't be too long right now. You're just trying to maybe keep the guys sharp and get them on the ice. And if any guys do have niggles or anything like that, you're just trying to make sure you're not uh, making it worse at this point. But as I say, the guys have had a great season this, this so far this year. They should be part of, and uh, they seem to be on great form. So they should be confident going into this weekend. Shades, I want to give you a wee opportunity to, to, to talk about two very special people to you. Um, a lot of players, as as we interview them over the years, talk about their 
early days in the game and the people that ran them about and it always comes back to mum and dad and you know you talked about Martin being a coach and mum taking you 10 pin bowling and ending up ice skating all those years ago but you know as you said the other day they love they love you that much they've moved over to Northern Ireland to be closer to you but um you know you must have a special mention for Martin and Margaret no I mean I've talked about that before they um you know they supported me the whole time growing up and and you know although it seems like they shipped me off to Canada they knew that Hockey was my passion, and to give me the best opportunity to try and achieve my ultimate goal when playing in the NHL, it, I had to go over to Canada at an early age, and they supported that. And um, even when I came back as a teenager, they always made sure that I had everything I needed, um, both on and off the ice, to give me the best opportunity. And um, yeah, my parents are moving over here, and, and um, I don't think that's just for me. I think they just like it better here. Um, but uh, yeah, payback will be coming because they've got a lot of work they need done at their new house. So. I'll have to uh, be chipping in on that one too. Just before Simon comes in with, with his, somebody, Chris Lovells, just came in with, with a, a, a good question there. I know you've said that you're happily retired and you're enjoying your golf and you're enjoying TPF. Do you miss these big games? Do you miss these moments, these weeks, these couple of weeks to, to win championships? Yeah, I mean, that's what you play for. And it, that's the luxury, not luxury, the privilege, I guess, of playing for the Giants is you're, every year you're in the hunt for trophies and, and to win games and win championships. And um, if you weren't, I guess you, you're kind of just going through the motions. So um, it seemed like we were always in the hunt for trophies. We're always in finals. And, um, you know, we probably, looking back, probably lost more than we won. But it's always those winning moments that you remember. And, and as has done a great job to give himself the best opportunity now Going into the last two weeks, sheds. I, I, I don't know if the, I'm sure David will probably wrap it up because he's good with words. Um, although he's not very good at Scrabble. Um, you know, I just want to say that you've been you've passed us. Uh, you've been on with AVFTB in, on numerous occasions throughout the years. You've done, you know, for everybody at Belfast Giants fans. Um, you've been absolutely outstanding, and uh, it's a pity that you had to wrap the skates up because you. I think you could still put a few more pucks in the onion bag. Um, but uh, thank you very much from every Belfast Jan fan out there. I think it's been, it's been a roller coaster uh, the whole way through picking up. I mean, that, that, that trophy as a captain back in the playoff final in 2010 was the last time we won that. It's far, far, far too long ago. So hopefully we can get one again this year, but uh, from all the Belfast Jan fans, I'd like to say thank you. No, I appreciate it. Um, I mean, I'm not leaving anywhere yet. I'll still hopefully still. <clears throat> but um, no, no, I appreciate that. And you guys have always been great to me um, for, for the most part. Um, <laughs> but, you know what? I, I bumped into, uh, I was out taxiing on Saturday night, and I bumped into Simon Parr from Lockton. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, I can't tell a story from the golf trip here. Yeah, you can. Go ahead. Well, oh, hold on. Hold on. Come, buddy. It, 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 what was. It's it's but live. Can we just, ball, is it tellable? Golf ball left the golf course. Let's just say that it didn't hit a person, but that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so <laughs> well, he, he, was very, very, he was very very complimentary about you, and you're. Um, I seen the massive bit of cheesecake that you're eating the last time you went to Mercy. I think it was for for actually that can't be Colin Shields eating that. That's like something I would eat. But uh, um, yeah, he showed me photographs so of it, and the prof got the proof. But yeah, he was asking about you as well. <laughs> No, he's a great guy, and um, no, I really appreciate it, guys. And um, it's always nice to be on on the show with you guys and talk hockey. And didn't make as many games this year as I probably wanted to with COVID and stuff in the gym, and just you know things been touch and go there for a while. But uh, you know, I'll be watching the 
weekend and hopefully hopefully the last couple of weekends as you say hopefully they can get a good showing and, and take care of business and then as you say going into the final weekend of playoffs that'd be exciting too Brilliant. Well, listen, Mitt, thank you very much for your time. Congratulations on the retirement of the number 19 jersey. Very well, well deserved. We're pleased to see it up there. And, uh, yep, stay well and um, good luck with the good luck with the golf. <laughs> I'll need it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mitt. Big thanks to Colin Shields. Delighted to have him on. And, uh, yeah, what a good night that was to see that number 19 retired. Right. We do have JJ Pickenich waiting in the wings. Get your questions ready for him. Before that, it's a big week. Uh, a big few weeks um, of elite league hockey, not least on Premier Sports. And I had a chance earlier on to chat with a good friend, Mr. Aaron Murphy. Mr. Murphy, how are you? I'm good, Patty. How are you? I think the last time we were together was uh, a little matter of the Challenge Cup. And uh, what a yes. night that was in Belfast. Good to well, see you. I, I, I remember our discussion well. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> well, it was a great night. What a night. 7,500 people and... and uh, to win a trophy at home is so difficult, right? So, I mean, that yeah. it just all came together for Giants fans. It did. It did. And a lot of us go, had a very, very uh, enjoyable evening. Enjoyable evening it was. And it could be another one for the Belfast Giants. But I'll say that with a touch wood. And, you know, hot on the heels of that Challenge Cup final, you guys, not just, not just in regards to the Premier Sports Elite League, but the Premier Sports TV coverage, you guys are in for a hell of a month ahead. Yeah, it's busy times. Eh? I mean, we've been on calls and meetings the last few days and everyone wants to ask me about the permutations and the math. And I just send them the link to the Elite League website about all the scenarios because, uh, I mean, it is, look, it is what it is. Keep winning if you're a Giants fan, right? I mean, it, it could could be a very, very incredible weekend in Sheffield. Um, there's part of me hoping that it ends uh, next week, next Friday in Belfast, so we can be there for that as well. But if you look at the way it breaks down, and you're, if you're a Giants fan, it's certainly going to be a, a massive weekend. And obviously, Sunday, the, the game in Sheffield uh, is on Premier Sports. So if that's the one, we'll be there for it as well. It's interesting the way that this has fallen as well. You know, you look at the way the title run-ins come in. It has come down to these two horses in the, in the, in the, in the final throws of, of this race. And uh, they play three games. In Giants', in Giants case, three games back-to-back-to-back. It's pretty incredible, and it's it's funny because you and I go, that's a no-brainer that we cover those games, and to, to, to most people, I saw something on social media. I don't look very often, but I just I thought it was so funny the other day. Someone said, oh, uh, it's all Steelers all the time. <laughs> all Steelers and all Giants all the time is what I saw, and I'm kind of like, well, the Elite League title, the league title, is that my fault that that's bigger than the playoffs or, or whatever? So we shouldn't show – Sheffield versus Belfast twice to try and capture the league title. We should show something. Ah, so it just goes to show you, even when you think you've got this great running and you've got it covered and you're going to capture that league title, you're still upset in somewhere. And by the grace of God, you sometimes wonder if social media, is it good or is it bad? But when you see someone going, oh, it's just all Giants and all Steelers the last few weeks. Well, yeah, those are the two teams trying to win the Stanley Cup of the Elite League, right? And what do you think it's been between these two teams, Aaron Foxes and Adam Keith sides? has led us to this point where it is between these two sides? Well, you, you know, usually you'd go, it, it, it's health, but both teams have had some problems, especially the Steelers right now with some injury woes down the stretch. But I think it comes down to goaltending and special teams. And certainly both teams with a potent first line and first lines that are stepping up and producing. I mean, Valorant's had some injury problems, but now that he's back, uh, he's going to be one of those guys they lean on. But I think Rock Stojanovic has probably played a bigger role than they thought. They thought Barry Bruss would be the guy, and he's had some injury problems and whatnot. So 
I mean, Beskarawani, 30 wins, six shutouts. I mean, so that's what he was brought in to do, to put up those kind of numbers. Um, I know J.J. Pikinich has been uh, a fan favorite for good reason, the whole line with Conway. I just think right now you guys are definitely the healthier the healthier team at the top two or three. Um, so a bit of that. But I think special teams so, so important. Um, clutch goals, uh, big goaltending. And, and I certainly think uh, you've got to give it to a little bit. It comes down to coaching. I mean, Aaron Fox and, and Adam Keefe are two of the best coaches in the league at this point, and uh, they've got their team going. And I think at the start of the year, we kind of thought, looking at the rosters, that these would be the, the final two teams sort of in that race. Whether or not we thought it would still be coming down this fine a margin um, or this close, that many few games left. But I, I think at the start of the year, that's why some of these games were penciled in, uh, is that we thought that, that that's what could happen. You mentioned his name there, and he's on our show this week as well, J.J. Pickenich, who, of course, tasted success with, uh, his to say, your own Newfoundland Growlers. So, uh, yeah, a big fan uh, of the Growlers. So. We, uh, and now he's absolutely phenomenal. He's in a bit of a, he's a, bit of a goals and points battle with his linemate in, in, in Scott Conway, but Pickenich has been shown to be more than capable at this level. Yeah, I mean, he's leading the league in everything right now, isn't he? 33 goals, 43 assists, 76 points. The funny thing about that is I don't think he or Conway will care who wins any sort of individual accolades. If they win the league title, they'll just be going, wow, what a line. And sign me up. I'll come back and play on that line kind of feeling. Uh, what I like about him is he never gives up on a puck. 50-50 battles seem to be something that he always comes away with the puck. He has uh, a real knack for ghosting in for, for chances where you think, we got to keep an eye on Conway. Oh, well, now picking it. Now we got to keep an eye on Pickenich and Conway. So I think it's really good. It's, it's one of those things. It's like the Matthews Marners debate. You you can't break up that top line now if you're if you're Adam Keefe's yeah. uh, brother Sheldon Keefe and certainly Keefe in Belfast. He can't break up that top line because it's it's almost been too much to handle for anyone the last month. And it looked like at one point uh, the guy in Cardiff, Brody Reed, was going to run away with the goal goal scoring title. Well. I mean, J.J.'s caught him out and, and surpassed him. I mean, and I believe Pickenich has a bunch of shorthanded goals as well. So it's it's one of those scenarios where this guy, no matter what scenario he's in, um, has been that guy for the Giants. And it's funny, right? It's about recruitment and about coaching. You just said to me, why those those two teams? Well, when you bring a guy in like J.J. Pickenich, you expect him to put up big numbers. You hope he will be up there in the top of those charts, and, and there he is. But then you look at teams down towards the lower part of the table. They've brought guys in that maybe haven't performed and maybe didn't even make it till Christmas. And so it's about smart recruitment, good Rolodex, bringing in guys, doing your, your due diligence, knowing a guy is good in the dressing room. Because there's been plenty of guys in this league who come out and lead their team in scoring, but no one even wants to be around them in the dressing room. So I think Adam Keefe has got that fine balance. And maybe Aaron Fox before the, some of the injury woes. I mean, they've had to bring in some guys from the Czech Republic, but – they had a good, good, good dressing room as well, by all accounts, and so that's why those are the top two teams. Good recruiting, good coaching, and certainly getting the results from the likes of Valorant on the side of the Orange guys and Pickenich on the side of the guys in Teal. As I said earlier, you know, on the back of that Challenge Cup coverage in front of a full bowl at the SSE Arena, you'll be back next week for. Uh, and I've just seen as well that they're 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 selling tickets in the East here, so hopefully a full bowl there again. But over the next week, over the next couple of weeks, it's a hell of a lot of coverage from you, Paul. Kevin and, and Chris. So uh, what can we expect from Premier Sports? Yeah, we've got that all-important uh, storm in uh, in Sheffield. So Sheffield really needs to win that game Wednesday night. And then we switch focus to this Sunday. Uh, you guys will be in town. 
uh, on the back of the Saturday. So we were watching intently on the Saturday night to see if Sunday sets us up for a league title. Uh, depending on what happens this weekend, we're in Belfast next Friday for what could be the uh, the final final game, fifteenth, uh, and that will be again SSC Arena, hopefully full. And I love that, right? Because we've over the years heard that TV comes and our gate goes down. It's interesting how the top teams have no problem selling tickets, whether it's on TV or not. So uh, I think one of the highlights of the season for me was seventy five hundred blowing our eardrums uh, for the Challenge Cup, and I look forward to. It. I hope. I mean, I know you guys would like it wrapped up as soon as possible. If it is to be wrapped up, I'm sure the Steelers fans are still waiting on some some mathematics and some hope. But, I mean, look, both teams just know they have to win out. Um, there's certainly some math involved for, for Sheffield. But my hope is that it comes down to Friday night on Premier Sports, winner take all. That might be stressful for anyone wearing teal or orange. But for me as a, a broadcaster and a moderate, I think that would be great for the league on a Friday night to have uh, 7,500 uh, baying for blood on one side and, and hoping for a road win on the other side. So let's hope that out of these three games we have coming up, it, it will be all good, you know, games uh, down to the wire. And then, of course, we've got the playoff quarterfinal action. We've got both semifinals live and exclusive, and we've got the final, the grand final. So if you haven't subscribed to Premier Sports and you don't uh, think you're going to make it to Nottingham for the playoffs, make sure you go to premiersports.com. There'll be no webcast. There'll be no uh, extended YouTube coverage. It's all on Premier Sports, the semifinals and the final from Nottingham, uh, and it's going to be some kind of weekend. We're, we're in for a hell of a few weeks, mate. Listen, thanks again for joining us and uh, good luck over the next couple of weeks and uh, no doubt you'll be knackered by the end of it, but uh, it'll be worth it all. Oh, look, and the Elite League season will wind down and then we'll get to see many of those guys like Scott Conway head off to Helsinki, hopefully, and we'll be we'll be there for the coverage as well for Team GB. So one season ends and another tournament begins and, and that's the great thing right now. This is the best time of year to be a hockey fan and uh, the last time I saw you, you were holding a trophy uh, we were having a chat with Robert Fitzpatrick, so who knows? Maybe uh, on a Friday night at the SSC Arena, history will repeat itself. But but either way, I hope to, to catch up with you soon and uh, should be a great finish for the Giants. Thanks, man. Big thanks, as always, to uh, to Aaron Murphy. He seems to have dropped out. So hopefully he'll, he'll come back and join us very shortly because we're going to move on. And we're going to start with the uh, – we're going to move on to the fan agenda brought to you good, by our good friends – at Belfast Giants TV. Now you've just heard us, me and myself and Mr. Murphy talking about him. He is the leading point scorer for the Belfast Giants. He is the leading point scorer for the Elite League, the leading goal scorer for the Elite League, the leading assists for the Elite League. It is the one, the only. JJ Picknich, how are you? JJ. How are we doing, guys? How's it going? Good, mate. Good. How are you? I'm great. What an intro. That was a very kind intro. Well, the t- st- statistics are statistics. Oh, no, I'm going to spit them all out. Statistics <laughs> are statistics. Um, and, and as I said in that interview with uh, with with Aaron Murphy, um, there's a bit of a battle going on between you and Scott Conway as to who is going to be that top point scorer and top goal scorer. Yeah, I guess so. I don't think either of us really care either. I think it's pretty much just a, just a testament to the guy, whoever doesn't win the title, I guess. And I don't really think... We got bigger things. I think we got bigger things at hand right now. So uh, that's very. I guess true. it's a friendly competition, anyways. But um, definitely bigger, bigger competitions ahead this weekend. So, well, that's it. How do you feel? Let's let's look back at the last few games and, and maybe go back as far as the, as the Challenge Cup final. Obviously, a great night in the SSC Arena, but there is a focus now that that's turned to the next prize. 
Yeah, and I mean, arguably the most important one, um, depending on who you ask. So um, we would definitely love to get the uh, the SEC rocking in that in that sense again. Um, you know, following this upcoming weekend uh, with Sheffield and Coventry, but um, you know, this is this is kind of for all the marbles here, and I think there's definitely that that sense in the room right now that um, you know this this is this is the big one. So uh, it feels good. Uh, just you know, listening to the to the interview you had on before kind of just got my blood flowing. So uh, it's exciting for uh, the players as well. JJ, um, we had Bush on a few weeks ago, and he talked about the dog days, the, the difficult days between sort of Christmas and just before you go into the stretch. And we've came through that with a really positive run of results. We've picked the Challenge Cup up. Big focus now, as you say, we're playing for all the marbles, or all the marbles next two weekends. What's the prep going like? Um, I, I mean, to be honest, it's more of the same. Like it's kind of just been staying the course. Unfortunately, that maybe is a bit of a boring answer, but I think it's probably the most important thing to be able to just keep doing the things that we've been doing. And uh, obviously we're looking forward to a great week of practice and um, that's going to lead into, you know, our, uh, our, our travel day uh, to Sheffield and uh, obviously our two games there. So I think it's just going to be the consistency of, you know, having a good practice week and just doing more of the same and making sure, you know, guys are taking care of their bodies, which they will. And, um, you know, making sure we're just, you know, mentally prepared as well. JJ, you were obviously missed the game against Nottingham a couple of weeks ago. And unfortunately you had to listen to me on Jan's TV. Is that what pushed you to come back the next night? Because I know you weren't feeling very well. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. No, I was, no, Kitchy, you know, you're great. You know you're great. I'll pump your tires all day, Kitch. You're great. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you're here for, mate. That's not what you're here that, for. We that, don't want to game, hear that. that game against the um, against the Panthers, um, again, we're on a really good run of form. Um, and they came in, they were ready to go um, that night. Yeah. And and obviously losing out on that was the first game you've missed this season. Um, and, you know, I think the boys will probably agree with me. We looked a little bit flat. But coming back in the lineup the next night, we've kept it rolling, and, you know, the – it's all about the momentum because this weekend is absolutely huge. Yeah, and I, I mean, I thought they, I thought we did a great job responding to you know Friday night on Saturday. I thought, I thought we were just had a little bit of extra extra hop in our step, and um, you know, I think we, we we were just a little more consistent. And I, I think on Friday, just from watching it, it was uh, it was it, you know, we we go up two nothing, and sometimes that that could be a curse a little bit. And sometimes you really just got to bear down the rest of the game. And it's a sixty minute game, and um, you know, we we we've learned a couple lessons, you know, recently, especially with that game in Manchester, which we would all love to just forget about. But you know, let's let's draw from it when we need to, and and learn from it when we need to. So, um, you know, that kind of bit us there going up two nothing versus Nottingham. But again, I think the more important thing was the way we responded. And again, we're still in a great position to, you know you know, win this league. So, I mean, we, we got to just be happy with the result. And where we are right now, heading into this weekend, uh, you know, I'm lucky enough where I get to see the boys practice and it's all buoyant. Everybody's in a good mood. Um, and But winning breeds success and the success is what you're looking for because you've got the one on your, uh, the boys have already mentioned, you've already got the one trophy. Um, your career has been built on success um, and there's another two up for grabs. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think with the groups that we have, I, I think this is a pretty pretty special group, honestly. And um, I, I mean, one one's not good enough. Like, like that's just like how we are. Like, one's not good enough. And um, 
you know, it's hard. It's hard to win. It's hard to win anything, but um, we're, we're just too good of a group and, and we know it. And um, we've definitely built that swagger and, and, it, and it is a swagger. It's a confidence. And, um, you know, again, it's just, we, you know, we're selfish in that, in that sense as a team. And um, it, it's a pretty contagious uh, attitude as well around the room. And, um you know, we're, we're excited. You know, last time you we were in Sheffield, it was a long time ago. And, you know, we got embarrassed and got embarrassed like 7-1, whatever it was. And, you know, we we want to we, we, we owe them. So, you know, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't forget about that one. So, again, we were just, you know, we're just a rolling group right now. And we just want to keep it going. Interesting. Before we go to, we've got some questions coming in from guys watching in live. And before we do that, you know, how much does, how much do, because that game against Sheffield was quite a while ago, that, 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 that bad one. You know, how much does that sort of sit on your mind or sit on the guys' minds when you think, you know, right, we're going back in there? Yeah. Well, I'll say that I think X's and O's wise is pretty much irrelevant. I, I think, I mean, systematically, we're just completely evolved and we're not going to, we're probably not going to look at any video in terms of what happened during that game. That was so long ago, two yeah. different teams completely. But like you said, you know, I think it is in the, you know, it's kind of on, on the front of your mind where it's like, you know, like we, we, we got embarrassed here a while ago. Let's give it back to them. And, yeah. um, you know, I'll be our first time back. So that will definitely bring back some emotion from, you know, what transpired the first time. Let's go to a question here from Alan Brett, who says, JJ, do you feel, sorry, who do you feel has been the biggest influence in your game? Is there any particular player you've modeled your game on? My biggest influence? Um, you know, I really like watching Ryan Callahan growing up. Um, I thought he was, he was someone who just really just worked hard and through his hard work, he was able to just, you know, be a, be a smart hockey player. He worked smart and hard and, um, you know, I always, I always loved watching him play, and um, I mean, yeah, I mean, if there's a non-hockey non-hockey player I could say influenced me, it would definitely be my old man, my dad, because you know he's the obviously always you always go to the parents when they're driving you around and in the mornings, and you know when you're when you're a little kid and you know you have a bad game or something, they're there to kind of whip you into shape, and uh, I definitely have him to thank for uh, learning a lot of lessons, but definitely. Uh, in terms of the on ice, I think Ryan Callahan was definitely someone I modeled my game after. Uh, Neen McLean, so I said, do you have any rituals or superstitions before the game? Um, not quite. I think, let's see. Or you know what I do? I always put my stick like upside down in the corner, right next to like where the the glove dryer is. So you know, like my stick is always in the same spot. I, I guess that's probably my main one. And um, I think maybe Keith will be pissed. I'm be upset that I'm uh, disclosing this, but I always have at least a cookie or two before the game. <laughs> well, we've already we've already established the um, the, the Portuguese tarts to go to uh, Tyler Vescarani <laughs> before the game. So I think that's that, that's yeah. fair enough. Um, well, I never Twitter, said that. <laughs> <laughs> one on Twitter, it's coming from Neil saying, "How was the Cardiff hat trick your fastest?" Oh, definitely. That, that was crazy. That was definitely the fastest. Uh, that was just like, so I, I want to say lucky because it was, it was just like one good bounce after another. Um, yeah, definitely easily, easily like by a mile, by my closest hat trick. 
what's the sort of mentality there? You know, you think, is it just a case of, wow, how has that happened? Or is it just yeah, when you're why, why is it? Why does it keep coming to me? I don't know why. Why does it <laughs> keep coming to me? I don't know why, but I'm just going to try and make as good of a play as possible with it. So, and, you know, I was able to do that, you know, luckily. So, uh, yeah, why, the thought is, why does it keep coming to me? Yeah, keep your questions coming in. We'll we'll do a few more before we let JJ go, Davey. JJ, um, I guess through your right through your career, right from NCAA, right through juniors, you've had that little bit of gold dust. You've won everywhere you've gone, and and you've came here to Belfast and won as well. What's the secret? I guess is the question. Is it just hard work? Obviously, a quality player as well. But you know, you've 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 came to a good club, and and you find a nice line, nice balance with your line mates, and it's just working out yeah. brilliantly. No, absolutely. I mean, it's always, it's always a giant. I mean, as you know, it's always a multivariable equation, but I think the biggest thing is just, I think it's just the guys and it's the room. It's always the room and you play for each other. At the end of the day, you play for each other and um, you play for yourself and you play for yourself and each other and, and the guys in the room because you work so hard, you know, you know, game, game 50, is it going to feel like game one and everyone knows that and everyone's going through that together. And when there's that cohesiveness, I, I think I would say that's my, my number one thing. I think it's always, it's always comes down to the guys in the room. Now also I've, you know, on the teams I've been on, I've played, you know, various different roles. And I think also on our team, we've had guys that maybe weren't expecting to, to, you know, play the role they, they are. And, they're they're doing it to a T despite you know not realizing that maybe was the case and I I I just I can't say enough good things about our room and and how we've responded to basically you know all the adversity. If you can, I know this is a bit sycophantic to ask you to, to say something nice about the fans, but hi, and it's easy when you're in a winning organization and the, the room probably always better in a team that's winning and. You know, we've seen what Simon says. We're very fortunate to be close to the team and, and see how how just how good it is down there. How much fun has Belfast been as a city for you this season? Oh, it's amazing. Um, it's hard to know what to expect. You know, like you know, I'm from the United States, and it's my first time playing overseas, first time ever being in uh, you know the UK and Northern Ireland, and I just was so taken back by everything and just the culture and it's definitely a bit of a learning curve in, in, in a fun way, you know, obviously, you know, we, we've been downtown and, and seen the culture of the pubs and we got Taffer in the building. I love it. I absolutely love it. I was already bothering him with messages today about stuff. He's probably ready to kill me, but, <laughs> but uh, no, um, I just thought, I mean, Northern Ireland was, is amazing and obviously it's treated me pretty well and I'm trying to treat it well back. So, uh, Definitely, definitely looking forward to this weekend in, in regards to that because obviously the fans are, the fans are what are, is always what makes it, and um, you know we we want to get we want to give them all all the hardware. So uh, yeah, I want to take it back to the first bit of hardware. Um, I know because we don't want to keep you all night because we've got to practice tomorrow morning. But talk us through the in between the second and third period of the Cardiff game uh, for the final, and then your move because it's just you seem to be doing it quite a lot and I don't want to give your secrets away coming around behind that net and you've <laughs> always got either cons or goody sitting right in the slot waiting for it and nobody ever picks them up uh, I mean you put it on a plate I mean I could have scored that one from goody in furnace like 
But um, uh, you know, coming around behind that net and putting a plate for Goody to tie things up after Cardiff going through an eleven. Yeah, I mean, it was just. I think it was just a product of like a one battle, like a like a four man battle. I think it was like on the far wall, and then I just like kind of gained a step on my check and was able to just like threaten the, like as I'm hooking the like coming out of the corner with it. I was I was like threatening to maybe just jam it on the short side. So that kind of like maybe. I think that kind of froze the net front D and then I just snuck around the net and then somehow I, I'm not sure how, but you know, Goody's just wide open. And I mean, it, it seems to be, it always seems to be the case with our line. Someone's, someone's always open. Cause I think, and I, I think Davey was saying it before. It's like, uh, you know, you cover one guy and you know, the next guy's open or maybe, maybe it was Murph in that, in that interview before, but um, you know, it was just like, you know, they cover one guy and then, you know, then you, you forget about, you know, Goody or you cover Goody, you forget about cons. And it, it's just like this like vicious cycle of who the hell are we going to cover? So uh, I think um, that was kind of just the product of that play. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad for the, uh, for the high praise, but I was kind of just looking, looking around and, you know, there's Goody, you know, coming down, you know, the lane. So I just there. So, yeah. Perfect. Let's. Um, I'm going. I'm going to jump in, Paddy, before you do, because I want. I, I want to ask JJ just on a, you know, you get lots of points from working hard as well, and like I, I know our second, third, and fourth lines work hard, but that first line of ours suffocates. Like, was it Guildford or, or it was Glasgow? Probably on Friday night we were talking earlier in the game. There was three, four minutes where we got multiple line changes in the ozone. And just kept, and there was a goal coming. It just had to happen. We just were cycling down low and creating chance after chance. D men picking the pucks off that they're trying to chip out, and we just work so hard as a team, like all, all right from the top line. But when it comes from the top, it's easier for the guys further down the depth chart to do it. Yeah, I think that was that's probably it's funny you say that. That was probably the prettiest sequence we've had all year. Like that was just a picture perfect wave of, of an attack where it was like. There's there's absolutely nothing you can do. Like like after the third minute, it's like like what like what can you do? You you can't your D can't change, and if they can, your the pairing coming back on has just got off, and it's like there it's gonna come, and um it's a testament to our team. Like I, I think we I think Cons ended up scoring. I think I I think we scored backdoor. I think to end end that sequence, but. I mean, it it started like so far before, so it's a testament to our, that, that was a team goal by by all means, and I mean, a lot of our goals are all all of our goals are team goals, and um, I think that was one of the one of the nicest sequences we've had. So that uh, was pretty awesome. I think Toff's chirping you here. Toff's chirping. Yeah, what's going on? I see kids smiling. Oh. Night, lads. Yeah. Night, Toff. Night, guys. Have a good night. Hey, yeah. Uh, enjoy the football. Hey, pick. How's Brian doing? He's good. Brian's good. <laughs> I'm not gonna explain it. I'm not gonna explain no, it. Gonna I'm not gonna explain it. Uh, Brian's a good friend of mine. They don't know about Brian. <laughs> Probably best not explain it. Probably best not explain it. It's uh, let's go. Than you think, but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it anonymous. I'll say yeah. nothing. I'm saying nothing. Uh, let's take I'll a couple of anonymous. As Simon says, you've got three in the morning, so we don't want to keep you too long. Let's get a couple of quick ones from the people sent them in. Uh, Kieran, what rink do you like playing that the most in the Elite League? I guess outside of our own. Yeah, um, that's a good question. Manchester. 
Manchester. Right. Manchester, <laughs> no, uh, definitely not. Definitely not Manchester. Um, probably. You know what? Actually, um, I think in terms like it, it's kind of like it's like because you know you have a nice rink and then you want like a nice room as well. So it's kind of like like the mixture between the nicest locker room and the nicest rink. So I might have a weird answer because of. <laughs> so actually, Dundee. All right. It's Dundee because they have the nicest away room, you know. And actually, Belfast has like an amazing away room. So I, yeah. I think anyone like if I couldn't pick like as in a as someone playing in Belfast as a as an opponent, I would definitely say Belfast because we have an amazing away room. But I think for me, it's Dundee because they have like the heated floors and they got the nice room and you know they got the accommodations. So I think that's I gotta go with Dundee. We'll cut this and send this to you more Pashi. Send us the pass, yeah. Yeah, we'll send this on the Pashi people. Uh, Andrew McVeigh, the last one. How does it feel to be in a line that's put up 203 points so far this season and the Stop. team that have 111 goal difference? Davey, my GMC is going to correct those stats. Go on. Numbers, numbers are wrong, boys, and I can't have wrong numbers. It's 262 points. Maybe 203 in the league, but he does save so far this season. So 262 points between you, Cons, and Goody. Unreal. It feels amazing. It feels amazing. It feels it feels a little. It feels fun. It, it's fun to be a part of, and um, it's hard to imagine you know having a better year than than what we're we're doing. And um, it's just it's just a really it's a really good time out there because it's just there's just this cohesiveness and um, there's just there's something about it where it's just it, it makes it fun and easy. Do you are you do you still talk to Mitch Marner? Have you told him you have more points than he has this season? Um, I keep in touch, but I definitely didn't mention that. that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> end of the season. Tax him at the end of the season. Let him know. I'm playing for the better, Keith. Um, <laughs> normally at this point, we, we would let you go, but just going to keep it up for one more minute because this has happened again. Right. It's happened a few times and it's happened again. Ah, Jazzy. The, <laughs> the, uh, it's happened again. We're going to go to the player of the month, the nominations for March's player of the month. And uh, we're going to bring up the, uh, they are number two, Sam Rupp. Number nine, Ben Lake. Number 12, JJ Piganich. And number 26, Mark Cooper. David, first of all, with you. Ah, yes, I have um, <laughs> well, Go on, JJ, then. Who's your pick? My pick is number nine, Ben Leak. That is my pick. Why? Because I think he is one of the most he, – he's just a really foundational player. He works his tail off. He has great skill, great knack of the net, wins face-offs. He's – I'm surprised, like, he doesn't get as much – like, he deserves all the – like, he deserves a lot of the attention as to why our team is doing well. And – um I just I, I really like his game. Uh, he works hard. He finishes hits. He's tough. He can score. He he, he can pass. He can he, honestly. He's he does the intangible things that as I mean I don't coach, but if I was a coach, I would be. I want I want twenty five Ben Lakes because he, uh, seriously no seriously because he no, actually, he, he, the way he plays is how you would want. Like I actually can't say enough good things about him. I'm gonna laugh about this with him tomorrow because I'm telling singing his tune on the podcast but he's uh <laughs> serious that's that's my reasoning what do you guys think about be, that? 
to be it, fair, Kitty has said all season, give me a team of Ben Lakes. And yes. you know, <laughs> and you, you'll, you'll, you'll come up with a, a trophy and scores the game winning goal in the cup final. You know, obviously a lovely feed from, from Coops, who's, who's also nominated. I threw you a, a quick few numbers there, Paddy. Coops, 16, 11 plus 5, plus 5 over the, the course of the month. JJ, 9 plus 12, 21 points, plus 12, and the plus minus. Ben Lake, 5 plus 5, plus 9. And Big Rubber, 1 plus 4, but plus 12. It's outstanding. outstanding. And somebody didn't even get a mention. Goody, 6 plus 16 and plus 11. 22 points across the course of a month and doesn't even get a mention in the, in could, the vote. Could have been a, there's so many. We put this out to the nominations. Of course, there were so many that people could, could have come in with it. It's been, uh, JJ talks about it, a, a good room across the course of a season when you're winning. It's easy to pick. And this has been hard every month to pick a player. But, you know, Ben Lake game winning goal in the in the cup final. He was the the wild card at the end there tonight after the after the voting closed. But I really and it's not just because you're on JJ. I want you to win this trophy this this year. It's that you know there's been months you've hit the bar. There's been months you haven't been in the voting and probably should have been. But like this month, Goody should probably be in the voting, but isn't. So I'm throwing my my uh, electioneering skills behind uh, JJ picking it this month. Simon, I got in first. Paddy. <laughs> oh, you got it first with the with Ben Nick? No, you. Who are you going thinking? Oh, me. Oh, I'm going for JJ Pickenich. Ah, just a bit of ice. I'm going for JJ Pickenich. I'm with JJ Pickenich on the on the on, on partially. Davy took my thunder there in regards to a similar basis. So I think his name first of all deserves to be on this trophy at some yeah. point. I think that he's uh, the uh, some of the goals. He scored as he sits there looking at us. Some of the goals he scored this season has been absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Just the picking out picking out shots that are hitting tiny little postage stamps in the corner of the net. Some of the goals have been superb to watch. He's been, you know, he's leading the league in points, leading the league in assists, leading the league in goals. The player of the month for me for March is JJ Pickenich. Before you go, says I feel terrible because JJ Pickenich has had a great month. Ben Lake has scored the game winning goal in the cup final. Big Rupper comes up with that goal in Manchester, of course, and he's brilliant in the plus minus. Mark Cooper has just been brilliant. He, he reverses that big arse into the blue paint and gets us so many goals. Like how many goals has he got this season? So or or created just by being standing in that being the one guy. He's the one guy of that team that is always in front of the goal. Taylor. Sorry, he says before. Sorry, he says before you say it, just in response to that, I probably would have agreed. I probably would have said, and with all due respect to the JJ, I probably would have said Coops, but Coops' name's been on it. Well, he's well, won it this year. I, as I said, you all know I love Ben Lake. I think it, as JJ already used all the adjectives for him. I think he's absolutely outstanding. I think he, he doesn't get the credit he deserves, but the, the best player. For me this month and i did it a couple of months ago when i fought your corner a couple of months ago when was it who was it with the so is he one of the christmas one yeah i was battling for you um and i'm going to bat for you again this month jj because i think you're the best player in the league bar down no baller the best player in the league and you deserve to be where you are with regards to the points i mean we've got i'm pretty sure i haven't looked at it today but i'm pretty sure we've got the top four goal scores or point scores in the league in the top five now is that right? Well, 94, 91, 77 are top three, so I, I don't know what. Don't look, at, don't, don't look at other teams, mate. No interest. No, 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 this is very, very true, but um, anybody could have won it this month. We've been, we've been absolutely... Anyone well, Coops has in a second here. We've lost a couple of games. Coops, I'm pretty sure Coops is 57 points according to Elite League, but oh, I, know I, don't more. I know they miss out some and they don't get their points because... Coops is 66. Coops is 66. But 
Uh, for me, it's got to be JJ. I think he's been absolutely lights out. And I, and there's not a lot of people don't know this. He hasn't been well for a couple of weeks. I mean, you went a week without hardly eating anything. But like myself, you didn't notice it in me. But, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, you, you went nearly a week without eating anything after you were sick. And he still turned up and played. He got, you know, he came out that night against Nottingham. Was absolutely lights out. Went out the following weekend. Was brilliant. And then again at the weekend. It's different gravy. It's the, I want to. I want. I love him here on a view from the bridge. I know we'll have to let him go, but I want to throw one question. We we did a bit of analysis on a goal the other week. There, um, it was a had there been a set face off play because. Oh yeah, I think don't give him away, did we? Don't give him. No, we, 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 talk, we talked about it on the podcast, and we broke it all down. I think when the, the guys are coming out, the the, the away team had sort of overloaded one side of the ice, and you've gone to the races. You're from the blue line. You had the puck. What's the thought process when you're coming in one on none from a hundred feet? You've nobody's catching you from the halfway line. What's the thought? Are you waiting for the goalie to move? Are I, you talking you know, about the Coventry goal in the defensive zone faceoff? Yes. Yeah. So that was we had another play drawn up, but last minute, right before Cons put his stick down to take the draw, he gave me the look. Yeah. He just looked over at me, and I saw that. The demon that I'm supposed to cover was way over to the other side. Yep. So he was just kind of like looking at like a giant piece of ice last second, like the last second. This is why Khan's is so good because he oh he's always like noticing little things on the ice, especially on draws. And I was like, all right, so I'm just we're not running the play everyone thinks we are. I'm just gonna <laughs> go full speed ahead. And what do you know? Put it right on my tape, right off the draw. Like, right in stride on my yeah. tape, like, actually phenomenal assists. And then, I mean, to your question, that was um, – I mean, I, the, the D was so far over that I don't think they really could catch me because they had their own play. I think they maybe were – they they went a little too far over to the other side. And I was able to just kind of gain a step on them. And I just – I think I just shot on the ice five hole. And it, and it just – it trickled in, and I, I think that, that was an awesome play by Cons. That was that was probably one of my favorite, okay. I think, goals I've had with him because he he really he he Tom. I mean, this is an American football reference, but he he, he was Tom Brady. He was Tom Brady in there, so uh, that's a uh, that's an American football reference. Really? Well, listen, mate, we're going to let you go because obviously you know big big weekend ahead against the Sheffield Steelers in South Yorkshire and um, good luck for that. Thank you very much to everybody who sent in questions and thank you very much to JJ Pekovic. Guys, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Cheers, JJ. Catch you again soon. Big thank you to JJ Pekovic. Really pleased he stayed on so long and joined us for that chat. Really enjoyed it. Really speaks really well and and, uh, and very enjoyable chat it was. Yep, those, those four nominees for the Player of the Month. Number two, Sam Rupp. Number nine, Ben Lake. Number 12, JJ Pickenich, and number 26, Mark Cooper. Voting will open on Wednesday and continue until Friday. Get your votes in at AVFTV on Twitter, and we'll post links on Facebook and the likes so you can get your votes in. Sam Rupp, Ben Lake, JJ Pickenich, or Mark Cooper. Um, right, let's quickly whiz through a bit of news, and then we'll start to wrap things up. Um, Nottingham Panthers continue their internal meltdown. Uh 
an injury to Kevin Carr meant that Will Curlin was parachuted in cold to the game against the Steelers. And I, I say cold because despite Nottingham being in a position of not challenging for quite a while, nor being in much danger of losing a playoff position, Kevin Carr still has played 99% of league minutes for the Nottingham Panthers before this weekend. So Curlin was called in, had been called in next to no occasions and now had to play Sheffield and at home to Coventry and it didn't go well. A 6-3 defeat to the Steelers in Sheffield and then a 10-4 thrashing by the Blaze in front of their own goals. I think just briefly, Davey, I think that means, it just goes to show how important it is to have a backup who isn't cold and does get minutes. You started talking about the other teams there, Paddy, and I started looking at my phone, so I don't really know what your request is. What about Will Curlin? Say Will Curlin only getting minutes. Oh, Will Curlin. Will Curlin, I know know over, I think he played against us on my right side early in the season in Belfast. I uh, he came in for briefly um, when when Carr got injured. Carr got tossed. Yeah, um, it, 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 I think a save percentage is down around eighty three, and you get what you get when you're sticking a goalie in who's got eighty three percent. You know, he lets twice as many goals in as the top goaltenders. Um, unfortunate for the Panthers that they're they're having to do that at the minute. It's good for him to get ice time. It's good experience, and you know, Panthers are in that kind of dead space now where they're either going to finish fourth or fifth, and would it be right one two three. So fourth we play fifth either way. So it doesn't matter whether they finish fourth. It doesn't really matter whether they finish fifth. With Coventry, they're probably locked in now with Coventry in the, in the playoff places. Um, so good for him to get a bit of ice time. Uh, it'll do his confidence no harm, I don't think. I think, it, it, but, you know, Simon, you know, it, we look at some of the other the backup goalies. Of course, we're, we're good. we've got Jackson Whistle, who's quite you know, very experienced and is able to step in. But you look at the way Downey in Manchester, what's the name of the guy in um, Coventry? Uh, CJ Martin Headley. Headley, Headley coming in. These are these are guys who who do are getting the experience in games. And, you know, okay, likes of CJ Mott going out has meant that Headley's had to come in. But for Curlin to come in, and he was left high and dry by his day. Yeah, I mean... Scott Carlson. You know, having to go to Sheffield and play your backup goaltender, um, you know, when we when we seen what was happening, you know, I'm I'm you know, I'm led to believe cars hurt. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's uh he's been thrown in at the deep end. From the looks of it, he didn't get much help and he certainly didn't get much help a night after because they were humiliated in their own building. I've seen Aaron Lord had tweeted about it. There's an awful lot of Panthers fans that tweeted about it. None of them were having a go at Will Curling again, you know. Playing seven or eight minutes for the season until that point when there's three weeks left in the season. One, you're you're overworking your own goaltender. You obviously don't have much trust in your backup um, until you're left with a position where you have to play him. So I feel a bit, you know, I feel a bit bad for for Will Curlin. Um, you know, he played. I think was he in Sheffield last year for the Elite Series? Yes, I think so. Um, and I'm pretty sure they they played him quite a bit um, during that uh, Elite Series as well. So. You know, that's look. The bottom line is, Ben Barnes isn't going to be around forever. Jackson Whistle's twenty six now, so you know we'd like to think he's going to be around for another five or six years, maybe more. Um, you know, so you're going to have to somebody else is going to have to step up. You've got the kid from um, Dundee, Brighton Price, uh, who stepped up big yeah. style for Dundee when Morrison went out. So you know they're getting opportunities to play, but. Their defense let them down. Their forwards let them down. There was no obviously no back checking. There, there was guys that maybe checked out for the season. Just something like, um, you know, every minute of this season, I'm pretty sure. Start from Glasgow 
has played 98 to 99% of the season as well. So Jordan McLaughlin's not getting any ice time. My one is not going to do you, you know, you need to get your goalies in. If you're getting beat 4-5-0 in this league, yes, it happens where you come back. Manchester did it us a few weeks ago. But the likelihood is you're going to get beat. If you're 4-5 down in the third period, the likelihood is most teams will be able to control that and the likelihood is you're going to get beat. For me, put your pack up in. Give them those minutes. Give your number one guy that rest. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 tough yeah. on them. It really is tough Very on difficult. them. It's the hardest position in, the, in in hockey because you've got to sit there and sit there and wait for your chance. And when your chance comes along, you might be put in 47, 48 minutes with nothing else to play for, and you just have to try and keep warm. So it, it's a real difficult one. I feel bad for Will Carlin, but the Panthers were brutal at the weekend. Yeah, which is great to see. Which is um, great. He took the words right out of my mouth, mate. Great to see. Uh, uh, yeah, he's raging. He didn't get the set. <laughs> uh, Sheffield went on to drop points in Manchester in a shootout when John Armstrong missed an open net in sudden death, only for Delmas to be the hero, uh, keeping the storm alive in uh, in their playoff hunt. Um, nothing thus far from Dops, I don't think, on Lyndon Springer, who got five for fighting and five plus game for kicking. Uh, that might just be left at that. Uh, Fife's playoff hopes hang by a thread but they are still alive after a 4-3 win over the Stars and as for the Stars top marks to Charlie Combs uh, whose celebration winning an OT goal over the clan on Saturday was very entertaining a dive reminiscent of uh, of a Jurgen Klinsmann says or a Bobby Orr Bobby Hoare. Um, <laughs> I think it was yeah, I, I think it was more of a Jurgen Klinsmann-esque considering the comments that Dundee <laughs> like, were getting there seems, from looking at games against between Glasgow and Dundee, there's been they've built up quite a rivalry this year. You know, they seem to really do not like each other, which is something I really love. And it's you know they say that our rivalry rivalries with the uh, you know the the Glasgow clan, it's not. Um, you know, we probably got a better rivalry with with Cardiff or maybe Sheffield. You know, well especially at the minute because we've hammered Nottingham this year and we've hammered most other teams, but. It's it's one of those ones where I really enjoy those types of games, and I know there's been a lot of. Um, I seen was it Yellowhorn was doing the uh, Conor McGregor a few weeks ago against Dundee, and then there was somebody else come out and did something. It was it maybe Kyle Haas actually um, that scored a goal and went haywire with six three up with on their probably their fourth or fifth five one three that game. So there's obviously a little bit of bitterness there. I'm not too sure if they play each other the rest this season. But um, you know, I'm I'm all for it. I as I handle that type of thing. Help um, pass sell tickets, which is, is only good for the league as well. Absolutely. Um, Team GB under 18s, the Hamels, Kelbeady, Max Stewart, Davey, doing the business. The the <laughs> be careful what I say here now, Father, because um, I I want to pump the boys' tires a wee bit, and they're obviously playing for Team GB with a red, white, and blue in their chest. They're very proud young boys there. But seeing Max Stewart coming in there the day and, and roofing that into the top of the net, OT winner, a lovely selly from him as well as they say, you know. But Carter, I think hat trick preseason. I don't know whether we talked about this was before or after last week's podcast. I just can't remember. So hat trick in a and a warm up game. Kale getting points, Carter and and. The other Hamilton twin, Cameron. Cameron, sorry, Cameron, I do know your name. Uh, and Mac, all oh, contributing. I, th- I see Mac with the the A on the shirt as well. You know, alternate captain. So great for them guys. That elite league experience will have done them no harm at all. And they go into those tournaments now with real confidence of being sort of semi-pro, you know, athletes here. So you know, good luck to them in the rest of this tournament. And and hopefully they can stick another few in the onion bag for us. 
Simon, the, the experience for these kids, and the, we say we pump their tires. We we love seeing them playing for the. We've seen Mac and Kel playing for you know, in Giants colors, but for them to get this opportunity and and the Hamilton twins to get this opportunity and actually show what they can do is phenomenally good. I don't think it's any any uh, surprise to especially the, the people involved with Team GB at that age level. You know, to have four players from one junior development program involved in an under eighteen World Championship is absolutely outstanding i don't care what other club i'm pretty sure there's no other club has got four members of their um junior development program playing for team gb this year and that's insane um considering again that this is all coming down to the rob stewart moog morrison um shane johnson all the guys that have had their experience and yes they've got their kids and all playing there which is even better because they see them develop and and uh, they have the opportunity to, to to get those minutes and and you know, I didn't watch the game today, but I was following on Twitter. Uh, Kel got the first goal of the game today for yes. Team GB. Yes. Um, obviously, Mac picked up the the um, the game winner on the rebound off his own shot, and and you know certainly Carter and Cameron are, are really doing well as well. And it, it's it's fantastic. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And and hopefully, hopefully they can take this form forward. Where this is probably going to be one of their most important summers if they want to make it as hockey players. They have to put everything into it. Okay, they can take a couple of weeks off after the season, but to see from the end of May, they need to be focusing on getting bigger and better and stronger for the start of next season because next season is going to be huge for them. Mac will be turning into 18. Uh, Kel's already 18, um, you know, going into 19. Kel, you know, I'm not sure what's happening next year with regards to uh, you know, the boys getting nice time in Belfast. I've no idea if they're getting nice time with Solway or, or, or maybe Leeds again for Mac. Uh, but this is this is time where they really need to step up because coming out of, of under 18 hockey to play full time elite league hockey is a massive, massive jump. And if they want to make that, then they're going to have to put the hard work into it and then starts right now. And they're doing a really, really good job. Yep, and more power to and, them. And by the way, I don't know if I said last week, I was fortunate enough to to be up in, in one of the boxes with Simon and Laura and stuff during the, the Challenge Cup final, and Mac and Kale were in it, and uh, I'm not trying to be condescending or anything, they were, they were in their club suits and all, an absolute gentleman, really, really well, conduct themselves so well now, uh, you know, that little level of professionalism with, with being with the team all the time, and you know, we're a simultaneous shirt and tie organization when it comes to home games. And those guys are, are you know, they're just great young men. And, and you know, I'm sure Rob and uh, I met Kel's dad. Is it Jordy? Jordy, top lad. I met He will be sitting in Estonia right now watching this. Hey, Jordy. I've known the chirping Friday. I met him on, on the ice after the... Uh, while the oh, presentation and no. stuff, and he came yeah. over and, and, and introduced himself to him. He says, I'll, I'll listen to the podcast. And it mustn't be anything else on the TV, to be fair. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Kale and Mac are an absolute credit to their parents, the, the way they conduct themselves around the rink. And, and, and I wish them nothing but success when it comes to Team GB. But, of course, with our Belfast Giants, too. Looking forward to having them back in Belfast for this run-in. You've got um, a chirp, Kale, with a suit. Oh, oh it was a Beezer-like, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Nice wearing a wee, like, um, we check grey suit, you know, he looks the part, man. He's got the wee thin tan all on and you know, just strutting about like Billy Big Balls. It's, um, not, it's, not, it's dad, not a drill, mate. It's not a drill. No, no, 100%. And his dad, Jordy, comes in and sits down where the security, he just lets the security man go home. Now, here, I'll just do your door. You can just shoot on there. Jordy sits down, then Julie comes in, his mum, and they're all sitting waiting on him coming out after the game as well. Certainly got to chirp him every single night of the week. He's a good lad. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Good luck to them, and, and hopefully uh, there'll be more points on the board as that tournament continues. Um, finally, before the league table, as was broken earlier in the show by Jason Taffellery, Malcolm Cameron tonight signed on for another year of exploding dogs that kissed their sister at the Glasgow clan. Um, right, let's have a quick look if I pull this up at the league table. I should have had this prepared. Are we, supposed to, try, are we supposed to be surprised at that? Oh, oh yes, yeah, Malcolm Cameron. <laughs> Uh, quick look at the league table. Belfast Giants, 50 points. Sorry, 50 games, 80 points. Steelers, one game less, 77. Um, <clears throat> then, you know, all the also-rans. Cardiff, 67. Nottingham, 40 uh, on 51. And then there's a real battle here uh, between Coventry, Dundee, Glasgow, and Guildford. And the Storm are still in it um, with only about what, five games, five games of their season to go. Uh, but it all comes down of course, to this weekend and then the weekend after for the Belfast Giants. But this weekend is such a huge one. And the two games, Sheffield Steelers versus the Belfast Giants at the Utilita Arena in Sheffield, uh, Saturday at 7pm on Steelers TV and Sunday at 4pm live on Premier Sports. Um, there are a number of scenarios where the Belfast Giants could be crowned as elite league champions this weekend. Uh, I'm only going to focus on scenario one because scenario as put forward by the uh, by the Elite League on their uh, Twitter site because scenario two involves the Steelers getting beat on Wednesday by the Manchester Storm in Sheffield, which I think is quite low in probability. I know that I know that Sheffield took the win in Sheffield, but Sheffield sorry sorry I know Manchester took the win in Manchester, but Manchester in Manchester are very different, you know different beast as we discovered ourselves we went to we went to overtime against them having been you know four goals five goals up you know but playing playing manchester there's different to play manchester in sheffield so I, i'm sort of sort of going to assume that sheffield are going to win that but if they do sorry if they do it is a case that belfast giants just need two wins from the weekend one of one of which in regulation to be crowned elite league champions um any thoughts gentlemen I I don't think it's all cut and, and paste with regards to Manchester and Sheffield tomorrow night. Think so? um, yeah, because Sheffield are fighting for their lives to get in the playoffs. Like, I think Sheffield will win, but I don't think it's going to be easy for them. They'll be hurting from the weekend. Um, you know, they've got they've got some really, really good players in that lineup. There's no doubt about that at all. Um, but Manchester are a desperate team and they're they they need to win it. They need to get out there and get something out of that game. They know they you know they're they're still a few points behind Guildford. Yes, they do play Guildford two times in the next or for the last weekend. I can't remember who they've got, you know, after this Glasgow. Um after oh, the sorry. weekend. Who sorry? Sheffield? They, no, they, Manchester they, oh, the Manchester. weekend. Oh no, I can have a look. You know, so you know they're 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 fighting that cause and it's one of them ones where you just never know what will happen. I do expect Man Sheffield to win, but I don't think it's going to be easy. Storm play, Sheffield away, Glasgow away, Cardiff at home, and then a home and away against Guildford. 
Carter's sort of switched. I mean, up and they got the game to win there against um, Dundee. Dundee last Friday night, and then on Saturday, I think it was, they get beaten overtime by uh, Guildford. So you know they they've they're sort of looking. I think they've got their eye on making getting everybody fit and ready to go for the playoffs. So you know, goodness knows what's going to happen there. I'm not ruling out that game tomorrow night. I think you know what I think I actually might watch it um, tomorrow night. Um, Sheffield and Manchester. I think, it'll be a, I think it could be a really good game. Davey won't watch it. Will you, Davey? Yeah, do you want me to? You know, pull the curtains. Pull the curtains. The, uh, the the scenario two should Manchester win that game is the Belfast Giants would only need three points from the four available. So an OT loss and a regulation or an OT win would would hand them the title. Um, Davey, the nerves. Have you got any? No, no. Um, I I trust in this team. Look, see whatever way this shakes down. Both teams have had one unbelievable season. When you look at the standings and you even see the distance now, Cardiff have dropped off and then the drop off the fourth place. The two teams at the top have had incredible seasons. I, I believe in this team strongly that we're going to come out on top here. Um, will it happen this weekend? Don't know, but we've got two weekends to get it done. So let's just focus on the first game, focus on the first shift, go from there. Absolutely. Those no. two games... Sheffield Steelers against the Belfast Giants, second against first Saturday at 7 p.m. at the Utility Arena in Sheffield. Seems to be a quite a hefty Belfast Giants following, heading over a lot of late bookings, considering that the Belfast Giants could li- lift the Elite League title this weekend. That first game on Saturday, join, if you're not going over there, join JJ Fernley on, she- on Steelers TV. And uh, on Sunday, Steelers against Belfast Giants, Sunday at 4 p.m., Utility Arena, and you can join our good friend, Mr. Aaron Murphy, and uh, and Paul Eddy on um, Premier Sports. Any other business, boys? I have a couple. Um, first one is, any OSC members that are on watching the live broadcast tonight or the recording tomorrow or any other day, uh, check your emails from the OSC. We have organized a special uh, treat for any OSC members who are able to attend next Wednesday. Um, at uh, Adam has invited the OSC members in for um, an open practice. So you've got to be an OSC member. Um, you've got the opportunity to go to the arena, but check your emails. You have to respond to your email with a chance uh, to go along next Wednesday. The second one, this will come out tomorrow. So this is, I know we're going live at the minute, but this is coming out tomorrow with the news. Uh, the OSC and the Giants have managed to get a couple of extra shirts from the Challenge Cup. Um, they're signed by the players. And the money that we are raised from these, they're going to be on um, a, a raffle site called Raffle. Or raffle. We'll post details of it. Um, and uh, we're going to raise the money for Martin Latal. Um, so um, him and his family, I know he's been through a difficult period with himself and his um, his Ukrainian wife um, and their family as well. And I'm led to believe it's about 11 um, of his family or her family, sorry, that's been the managed to get out of Ukraine um, and get, I think they're pretty sure they're staying in Prague at the minute. So they're managing to house them and feed them and and, uh, and try and do good things for them while that uh, and the, the, the situation is going on in, on in, in Ukraine. So um, we're raising money for, and all the funds we raise for those shirts will be going to Martin Natal. Fantastic. Davey? I just want to throw a bit in. Um, Smalls again got us involved with um, the Bradley family and just want to throw a wee video up here. 
going with um, this same puck, basically puck. And we just want to say an absolute huge, huge, huge thank you for all the donations in Cooper's name. And um, it has been so overwhelming for us as a family. Um, and it really does highlight the whole family element that the Belfast Giants has. And it's the reason why we get into the hockey. We're, we're a team like any, or we're a family like any. Any, where me and the boys like our football, Jackie doesn't. Jackie likes the tennis, we don't. But from the first time we went to a Giants game, we, we fell in love and we've become season ticket supporters. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And now these two lovely boys are going to press the button behind me and do the draw. So boys, if you would... Well, everybody is in. We'll just not press it yet, we put. Um, everybody is in. we got a, a couple of last minute ones there that are also added in. So we are ready to go. Good luck, everyone. There you go, boys. Just press it down there. This could go on quite a way. <laughs> and the winner is Tara Knowles. Well done, Tara. We will get in touch if you see this as soon as we post the video. Please get in touch with us as well. Um, and we'll arrange to get it to you either through a game or via post. Thank you again, everyone. Really yeah. Fantastic. So we were very, as I say, I'm very fortunate a couple of weeks ago, Laura asked us to get involved in a, in a small way to um, help them raise a bit of funds. At the start, they wanted to try and raise a thousand pounds, which someone told me would, would be like an incubator per hospital, around 500 pounds, helps them get money towards or operate, whatever, towards an incubator. Ended up coming up with almost 1600 pounds. So for everybody that put a fiver in in Cooper's name, we can't thank you enough for your support. We're very fortunate that we're in a position to be able to, to do use our use our name, use our platforms to, to help people raise money where they want to. So I can only say thanks very much to everybody that got involved in that and to, to raise, you know, one and a half times what they wanted to raise. I'm sure David and the family there are, are really, really delighted. Yeah, outstanding, outstanding stuff. It's lovely. It's like great to see these guys, you know, involved. And I think they're absolutely right. The family ethos of the Belfast Giants is something that really shines through, especially in times like this. And helping look after one our own, you know, it's it doesn't matter how long you've been a supporter. You know, we always look after our own, and and as just another prime example of that. If we can't um, use, if we sorry, Simon, if we can't use our platform and the the contacts we have to do good, then. We're not here for you know. We're not here for the right reasons. So I'm always happy to put my shoulder away. Sorry, says you're going to say something. Go ahead, Debbie. Um, last thing, and I know she's going to be scundered with us. Um, <laughs> I, want, I wanted to say, uh, I hope get well soon to Christine Kerr. Um, she, her, and Johnny basically run the USC, the, and everybody else, Andre and all the rest of the guys, uh, they put all the hard work in the USC and they stand at the desk on all the game nights and what have you. But she had an operation last week, and uh, she's feeling it at the minute, so she's she's sitting at home, um, and uh, she's sitting watching this right now because she tweeted me or sorry, messaged me there about an hour ago saying, Are You look happy, but uh, yeah, she's scundered. So, um, get well soon, Christine. Um, because you're sitting in the house doing nothing at the minute. Um, and we're having, <laughs> Johnny's, having Johnny's having to pick up all the slack as, as am I as well. So, get your finger out and get back to the arena again. Here, 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 get well soon. Um, right, is that us? Uh, I think that's us done. It's been a long one, it's been a jam packed one. Um, 
big thanks to JJ, to Murph, to Sheds. The big thanks to everybody who's been watching live, sending in comments. Big thanks to everybody who's watching recorded. Um, and uh, thanks to thanks to you, Davey, for putting together that video and, uh, and the bits and pieces like that. And uh, and Sis for organizing interviews and things like that. It's been a, an enjoyable show. No Joel this week. He's off doing other things. He's a bit stretched the way I was the other week. So it's, uh, we'll hopefully have him back next week. Um, the two games this weekend, I don't need to tell you what they are. Two games against the Sheffield Steelers in Sheffield. Saturday at 7pm, Sunday at 4pm, Saturday on Steelers TV, Sunday on Premier Sports. The Belfast Giants with two wins could be crowned back-to-back Elite League champions. Um, You can get us on at AVFTV on Twitter where you can find the Player of the Month competition. Uh, You can get us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the works. Um, thanks, boys. Yeah, peace. And the uh, wherever you are this weekend, if you are in Sheffield, we really hope you do enjoy your hockey. I hope we all do. We'll catch you here next time on a view from the bridge. Sports Social Podcast Network.